Could a lightning strike reanimate the dead? Why is grave digging illegal? They don't need it anymore. All of these questions you can find the answer to on this Paranormal Life! Welcome to This Paranormal Life, the comedy paranormal podcast where every week we investigate a brand new paranormal tale and come to the conclusion as to whether or not it is truly paranormal. My name is Roy Powers and across from me sits Kit Greer, a man who spent his life on the edge, on the edge of everything, society, well, mostly society. How are you doing, Kit? I'm doing well. Excited to see what we have in store today uh, with another brand new paranormal investigation. How are you doing? I'm doing great. I know we don't like to, you know, waste time at the start of the podcast, but uh, grave digging, thoughts? Yeah, I, I mean, was going to gloss anymore. over it. Uh, pretty loaded on the back end of that statement, wasn't it? Feel like you've been up to some grave digging then. I just want to flow. I just want there to be a, a conversation about it. I mean, am I wrong? I guess some people do get buried with their stuff. But at the same time, don't people often pass on those things like rings? Maybe you could pawn off the bones for some cash, some loose cash. But most of the time you're digging up a body in, in 2021, it's going to be dirt and worms. There Maybe might, you could there might be worms. a loose 20 in their pocket they forgot about. <laughs> yeah, or a golden tooth you could kind of pry out, but you're probably not going to get that much. Grave digging is just someone who doesn't have a uh, a degree. That's what it is. <laughs> That's a good t-shirt. Archaeologists are just grave diggers with a PhD. <laughs> Look, let's dive into today's case because uh, it's a fun one. You know, because as this show has grown, as this paranormal life has grown, we've we've been incredibly fortunate. We've been able to bring on an amazing researcher, uh, Amy, to help with our stories. But because of a little incident that I'm referring to as Rory's big fuck up, this week's episode is researched and written entirely by me. Oh, yeah. So what you're saying is... We've been enjoying new Coke for the last uh, few months, but we're actually going back to original recipe TPL. No, we're going even further back. This is swamp water in a Coke bottle. This is the dark days of uh, TPL. Yeah, this is going to be a throwback to the the olden days of TPL. Uh, It's going to be wild. It's going to be chaotic. (laughs) Not politically correct, that's for sure. (laughs) It's going to be short, for damn sure. (laughs) And uh, at any given moment, I might scream! Or I might whisper. You could always choose to do those things because you've always hosted the podcast as well. What? 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 Okay. You're telling me that was always an option. The episode hasn't even started yet, really. This is a case that we had emailed in a lot of times, and I didn't really realize it until I searched for the keyword. So thank you to Cal Benedict, Harris A., Abby Kimmel, Will Prince, Caleb Dorman, Connor Watson, and Colin Sundin. Colin Sundin emailed in this case November 2018. <laughs> so thank you for Hope your patience. Hope it's been worth the wait, my friend. I like to think he wasn't trapped in his car with the beast scratching at the side of the door. There's like, a beast? You gotta help me, brothers. Investigate this thing now and tell me if a gun will kill it. Uh, Colin, I hope you're still alive. Uh, my fam- my favorite request to investigate this case came from Trevor Schwartzlander. The email subject was episode idea. And the contents just said, Dogman of Michigan. He is what he sound like. <laughs> so, so thank you, Trevor. He really do sound like that, though. He, it do be like that sometimes. <laughs> that was a little insight to what we're going to be investigating today. A dog. A man. A dog man. How does it, what is it? What does that even mean? Did a dog f*** a man? Did a man f*** a dog? Has the investigation started? <laughs> Conclusions? Oh. Thoughts? I told you it was going to be a short one, brother. Uh, so this is going to be hopefully an exciting chapter in the lineage of TPL investigations into hybrids, the donkey lady, mm-hmm. the frog man. Mm-hmm. The, uh, well, we kind of just did one on big cats as well. So interesting to move into dog territory. Look, let's get right into our story. All right. Our case today begins in 1887 in Wexford County, Michigan. A group of lumberjacks are out in the woods, working hard in the evening sun, chopping trees and loading them up to return to the village that evening. Come on, boys. Last few trees and we'll call it a day. I got a nice cold beer with my name on it. Just as the men were finishing their work, they heard something nearby in the bushes. What was that? Again, more rustling. 
Christ alive. Toss me my axe! As the men went to investigate, a huge wild dog-like creature shot out of the bushes and scrambled down the hill. We're moving very fast. You're going to have to keep up. I refuse to slow down. And I might scream <laughs> or I might whisper. <laughs> me! Looks like we got a wild dog, boys. A big one, too. Now, knowing that a wild dog this big could really do some damage to the local town, the gang decided to track its paw prints and chase it down. And let's face it, probably axe it to death. That's an unlucky dog that stumbled across a band of uh, thirsty lumberjacks with axes in their <laughs> hands about to clock off for the day. Yeah, both of these groups have been terrified with this encounter. You don't want to get in between a man with an axe and his ice cold beer at the end of the day. Because you're going to get axed. You're, you're going to get axed. You're not going to win that battle. <laughs> That's a battle my mother-in-law tries to win sometimes when she calls me at 5.30 p.m. And uh, she, she hasn't won yet. The gang managed to catch up to the creature, and the hunt was on. They chased it through the woods relentlessly, until eventually it darted into a hollow log trying to hide. Now, if you're going to hide from a lumberjack, probably shouldn't hide in anything made of wood, <laughs> let alone a tree. <laughs> yeah. It's like hiding from a bee in a beehive. <laughs> or hiding from a bee in a flower. They don't have to be all bee related, but those are the only two I could think of. Hiding from a bee in his own hive. I mean, it's a real galaxy brain type <laughs> approach. Yeah. It's, I mean, it's a, to, to use a, an analogy from a recent episode, it's a bit like being in the villain's uh, fun house of mirrors. Yeah. You were the, being... the bee is cackling like the Joker, chasing you around the honeycombs. Yeah, you were being chased by the Joker and you hid in a carnival. It's his whole, he owns the car, he runs the carnival. It appeared like the beast was trapped, but instead of just axing it into oblivion, the men wanted to get a look at this dog. So they gathered sticks from the forest floor and began jabbing into the darkness. Okay. But instead of a dog's growl, the men heard a human scream. Oh. <laughs> Good, they put the axes down, man. Oh, what the hell was that? In an instant, the creature burst out of the log, appearing in full view in front of the lumberjacks. This was no dog. It was some sort of horrible half-dog, half-man beast. Oh no. The men immediately dropped their weapons and scattered into the forest as the beast disappeared behind them. Jeez. This was the first sighting of the creature known as the Michigan. I did say there was going to be yelling. What are your thoughts so far, Kit? I'm just, we're moving fast today. Uh, just like a classic old school TPL. Wow. This thing must have been really terrifying to uh, make all these uh, grown ass lumberjacks with weapons in hand run away like children. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I said, what, this is 1987, I believe. I thought, I thought you said it. Oh, 18? 1887, 1887. Getting the year wrong, just like a classic good old TPL episode. <laughs> this was 1887, and these were lumberjacks. It doesn't really, astronauts didn't exist at that point, so this was as manly as you could get. That's where we put our bravest, best, and brightest, was out in the lumber fields. Um, yeah, so to terrify these grown men, I mean, they were kind of asking for it, I guess. By like poking it, literally prodding it. Poking the, bear, the sleeping bear. Yeah, not a good idea. They kind of got what was coming to them. Uh, I will say calling this thing the Dogman is doing it a bit of a disservice because uh, as you kind of got from that description, even though it has some human elements to it, it's not like some of the other creatures we've investigated that have just the legs of a man and the head of a dog. Yeah, it's not, you know, Val Kilmer with the body of a Dachshund. Or, yeah, I yeah. don't know, Some Je sort of Jeff stuff. Goldblum with the head of a golden retriever. Um, I, have a, I have an artist's illustration here of what they believe the beast actually looked like. Holy! That is not good! <laughs> My heart is uh, palpitating right now. Uh, I would have run very far if I had seen this. This is... This is the stature of a jacked six foot five quarterback, but 
also somehow a wolf. Yeah, it's a, it's an enormous werewolf, essentially. Terrifying fangs. Absolutely hideous. It'd be scary enough if it did have the head of a man, but it doesn't. It has the head of a a wolf with fangs. I'll be honest, it's just a wolf on its hind legs. That's the only man thing about it. It's standing <laughs> up. It's got a bit of... <laughs> Which is pretty f***ed up, by the way. <laughs> it's basically a wolf with abs. It's a, don't get me wrong, it's a furry lover's wet dream. He's got BDE, that's for sure. Yeah, this could either be evidence in a case or Twitter fan art. It's hard to, <laughs> it's hard to say. Sometimes they're both. The Michigan Dogman is described as a seven foot tall, he looks taller in this to be fair, blue-eyed or sometimes amber-eyed bipedal wolf beast with the torso of a man. His scream also strangely sounds like a human, sometimes described as the sound of a baby screaming. That's weird. Really horrible, isn't it? That thing running around, goo goo gaga, this and that. You'd think the scariest thing it could do would be a roar, a beastly roar. Yeah. But if you were poking it with a stick and it went, wah, you'd be like, okay. This is a lot. <laughs> this is kind of fucked. I'm going to put the stick down. Because I feel like you're the baby of something bigger. <laughs> I feel like I am poking a child. Ooh, I'm just a widow baby. <laughs> no, stop. Don't f*** with me. Uh, yeah, it's basically the plot to um, the ancient myth from our neck of the woods in Northern Ireland about Finn McCool. And whenever uh, a giant came over from Scotland to beat the shit out of Finn McCool, Finn McCool, in a stroke of genius, pretended to be his own baby. Yeah. Because then the Scottish giant said, well, f*** me, if that's the baby of Finn McCool, I don't want to actually meet Finn McCool. And he ran off. Yeah, it was a stroke of genius and true cowardice <laughs> to pretend to be a baby to get out of a, a fight. You know, that, that would be like uh, getting into an argument at the, the line for McDonald's. And then where they're like, oh, challenge me one-on-one -on -one in the car park. I want to beat the shit out of you. And you're like... Oh, will we? You're going to beat the shit out of your baby, will we? And they're like, you're a grown man. <laughs> I can see you're an adult. You spoke fine two minutes ago when you called me a piece of shit. So <laughs> you wouldn't hurt widow old me. <laughs> he decks me in the nose. Oh, <laughs> oh, holy shit. Oh, oh, my God. Oh, my God. <laughs> I can't believe you hit a baby. That is so f***ed up. Uh, I, I do a lot of things to get out of a fight. I don't know if I pretend to be my own child. To get out of it. Yeah, it was a bold move because he's lucky the giant didn't then just go, fine, if I have to kill someone around here and Finn McCool isn't around, I'm going to kill his wife. He's like, no, I mean, <laughs> no, don't kill my mommy. <laughs> yeah, it's, a, it's a good thing that the Scottish giant was like, oh, I guess I'll kill his child then. <laughs> just strangles Finn McCool dressed as a baby. <laughs> Which is probably worse because now you lost the fight and your giant dead corpse is just lying on a hilltop in a diaper. <laughs> That's not how you want to be remembered. Well, as I said, the first sighting was in 1887, but the dogman continued to terrorize locals in the following years. People would complain about livestock going missing, about a giant figure dashing through the forest at night claiming that they saw a wolf that would stand up on its two back legs and walk about like a animatronic. That's crazy. And this beast is not shy either, unlike other cryptids. In the summer of 1938, 17-year-old Robert Fortney was out fishing on the banks of a river after a long day of hunting. As he cast his line out on top of the river, he heard the sound of growling from behind. He slowly turned to see a whole pack of feral dogs emerging from the woods. They must have picked up the scent of Robert's hunt. As the pack of dogs cautiously approached Robert, he carefully reached down for his rifle. Raising it to the sky, he fired a warning shot into the air. The dogs whimpered and scattered back into the forest. Except for one. Uh-oh. A huge black dog with deep, beautiful eyes. <laughs> Laughing like an anime villain. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> they were blue, Robert said. What kind of dog has blue eyes? Robert and this giant dog stared each other down before Robert pointed his rifle in the air again. I'm not messing with you, you beautiful blue-eyed bastard. He fired another round into the sky, but the dog seemed unfazed. 
Then without warning, the creature stood up on its hind legs, glaring at him before slowly turning and walking away. What? <laughs> it was like, I'm just letting you know I'm not scared, but I'm not, I'm not about this. I'm not about to get into a gunfight. It's kind of like, uh, I think that's a real power move. It's like in the Indiana Jones movies where, I'm pretty sure this happens in every single Indiana Jones movie. He's in the middle of a fight scene and then he punches a Nazi that's like eight foot tall and the Nazi just stands there and takes it. Right. And sure. then he like, you know, is like, oh, <laughs> dust off your jacket, sir. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. That's, it's, a, it's a classic gag. That's kind of what happened here is he's like firing a gun, stressing out all the wolves. And then uh, this one giant, 10-foot Nazi wolf just stands up on its back legs and it's like, okay, I apologize, sir. I don't I don't know that we want to... This thing is pretty bad, but I don't know if we want to call it a Nazi wolf. Yeah, I should. <laughs> you can't throw around that term. I'm sure there is a Nazi wolf cryptid out there in the world. I don't want those two to get confused. <laughs> I mean, this thing is dangerous, but it hasn't committed war crimes yet. In a phone interview in 1987, Robert said... It reared up on its hind legs and just stared at me. It may be that I was just scared, but I swear that dog was smiling at me. What? Really creepy, isn't it? The human side is coming out a lot more. A smile, beautiful blue eyes, it screams like a baby. There were so many sightings that it wasn't long before the dogman became a local legend. In 1987, local DJ Steve Cook recorded a song titled The Legend which he wrote as sort of a joke for April Fool's Day. Mm -hmm. The idea was that he'd sing about this weird, ambiguous creature and tell stories of its attacks over the years. I don't really understand how that's a joke, <laughs> but hey, whatever. Uh, yeah, a lot of the victims are still alive. Let's, uh, wh why don't we give it a listen? Uh, I'm going to give you the laptop, so feel free to pause it at any point because there's a lot going on in the song. Okay. Cool. I'm looking forward to this, though. It's not often that we get a case punctuated by cultural interpretation. Sometimes I guess we get like an artist interpretation, but a musical interpretation? That's Pretty interesting. cool, right? Learning history through song. Yeah, so I'm really hoping that we get some uh, valuable insights from this and really he'll hear about the local history. So the officer and I went out there to take a look at it. He just tried to chew in around the doors. And you could see a dog print, you know, alongside the window there. And so it was, you know, obviously a dog. It's a good beat. It's a solid beat. I'm really feeling the age of this song already. It's a lot more melancholy than I thought it was going to be. <laughs> offbeat there but that's fine the production value is not tremendous no it has not been quantized a cool summer morning in early June is when the legend began at a nameless logan camp in wexford county where the manistee river ran 11 lumberjacks near the garland swamp found an animal that okay it's okay. barely a rap just right off. How dare you, sir? How he, dare you? He's bearing his soul. I think he just recorded himself telling the story and then after the fact <laughs> added instruments and a beat. Yeah, there's not that much kind of rhythm and passion behind it. It is it's quite a it's like uh the redneck version of mumble rap <laughs> where you're just kind of telling a story about a paranormal creature, <laughs> but you're like, oh yeah. Bigfoot in the woods, man, got a lot of shit going on. You know, it's like, sorry it doesn't fit into your number one. No, I'm not saying it's bad. I'm just cookie saying. Cookie cutter pop music, it's, all right? Uh, it's, it defies genre, that's for sure. All right. It's also four minutes long, so. In a playful mood, they chased it around till it ran inside a hollow log. First story? This is the first story. Your name Johnson grabbed him a stick, poked around inside. Then the thing let out an unearthly scream and came out and stood upright. Pretty good, huh? Let's waiting for the chorus to drop. None of those men ever said very much about whatever happened then. 
they just packed up their belongings and left that night were never heard from again. It was 10 years later in 97 when a farmer near Buckley was found. Slumped over his plow, his heart had stopped. There were dog tracks all around. You didn't tell me okay. this story. <laughs> a guy, it murdered a guy? Uh, we don't know what happened to the guy. His heart stopped. Okay. Not because it was necessarily removed from his body <laughs> with claws. Yeah, this is, look, We don't. I don't have time to tell you all the stories of the <laughs> well, dog. Well, it feels now. like that's a pretty important one. <laughs> Seeing as in one, he just screamed like a baby. Yeah, I left out. But, there's a story uh, coming up here where he uh, stole a bus and drove it downtown for three hours oh, in a police oh chase. Oh, my. Yeah. Seven years past the turn of the century, they say a crazy old widow had a dream dogs that circled her house at night that walked like men and screamed that's why that's yeah that's why i left out some of the stories because some of them are dreams which seems like not very solid evidence to base a case on i mean the dog man isn't that active if 10 years after the first sighting okay it was (laughs) implicated in the murder of one man then seven years later someone had a dream about it (laughs) Those are the two most notable cases. <laughs> They're really grasping at straws there. And we're ha- we're halfway through the song. There's still another <laughs> two minutes plus to go. And we're already on to dreams. We're already 20 years after the first sighting. Somebody smelt him in a car park one night. <laughs> that was case number four. 17 years later, someone had a daydream about the bitch. <laughs> Instrumental breakdown here. Sure. wagon and tracks in the dust like wolves in the stalking. Near the roadside, a four-horse team lay dead with their eyes open wide. When the vet finished up his examination, he said it looked like they died of fright. In 37, a schooner captain said several crewmen... So jumping ahead 17 years. I, I, I called it 17 years later. ...had reported a pack of wild dogs roaming by his story was never recorded. I don't quite understand that one. <laughs> In 57, a man of the cloth found claw marks on an old church door. The newspaper said they'd been made by a dog. He'd have had to stood seven foot four. I keep thinking he's gonna. <laughs> He's going to say the line and then he just doesn't. <laughs> I like that dramatic pause. Yeah, it's pretty good. <laughs> yeah, these claw marks are made by a dog. A seven foot four dog! <laughs> Did I mention? In 67, a van load of hippies told a park ranger named Quinlan they'd been awakened in the night by a scratch at the window. There was a dog man looking in. And grinning. <laughs> in screams in the night near the village of Bel Air. Could have been a bobcat, could have been the wind. Nobody looked up there. Then in the summer of 87, near Luther, it happened again. At a cabin in the woods, it looked like maybe someone had tried to break in. There were cuts around the doors that could only been made by very sharp teeth and claws. He didn't wear shoes because he didn't have feet. He walked on just two paws. Bit of a stretch of the rhyming scheme there. (laughs) How do I get from here to pause? Because I wouldn't really... The the dog man is a terrifying beast, like something out of Bloodborne. I would never describe what he has as paws. Yeah, he also has a lot of... Very, very defining characteristics, one of which is not the absence of shoes. You don't have to mention how, how much he doesn't have shoes, because he's got a lot it, of it other didn't things. didn't wear shoes because he didn't have feet. <laughs> he wore no top and he wore no pants. He wore no clothes at all. I'm, I'm just going to go ahead and say this song is five minutes 40. It probably could have been two minutes. You probably could have left out the dream one. 
<laughs> and we've had several cases now where people, I think, just found paws on the ground. I need the radio version of this single. So far this year, no stories have appeared. Have the dog men gone away? Have they disappeared? Dog men? There's more than one now? There's been loads of them. Do you want to hear all these stories about gangs of dog men walking around the street terrorizing people like a gang out of West Side Story? But I thought whenever the the guy shot at them and they all scarpered, I was getting, uh, like, have you seen that movie, what's it called, like Wolf Walkers or something? <laughs> no, I, it seems like something I should have watched before I did this case. <laughs> I mean... No spoiler alert, really, but there's a lot of regular wolves and one or two pretty special wolves. And that's what I was picturing. Got it. Leader of the pack. Leader of the pack who has supernatural abilities. Yeah, I mean, it changes story to story. Anyone, any story where there is a pack of wolves, as we saw, sometimes there's one dog man. But um, Mm -hmm. it feels like in some of these stories, they're like, they're just walking around all together. Okay, well, that's fair enough. That makes me feel a lot better about the um, massive timescale this has happened over. Soon enough, I guess we'll know, because this is the time to fear. Or another ten years has come around. The seventh year is here. And somewhere in the Northwoods darkness... A creature walks upright. And the best advice you may ever get is don't go out at night. Musical break, obviously. We need another solo 30 seconds before the end of the song. I feel like he's wrapped up, but I feel like he might drop some lore. Okay, there's a wolf howl. howl. That's important. This is all important to the story. We can't skip any of this. The YouTube video ends with the uh, frame reading. Comment below if you've had a dogman encounter. <laughs> are there any comments? 62. Whoa. I don't know how many of those are legit sightings, though. I gotta be honest, I'm still a bit uh, still a bit cold on the idea of using this as evidence going forward. Well, as I said, the song was originally written as an April Fool's joke. So, uh, you know, using it as hardcore evidence in the case feels a bit like a bit of an insult to the dogman himself. But despite the song originally being intended as a joke, after broadcasting the track, the phone lines at the station started lighting up. Callers from all over Michigan dialing in to tell Steve Cook that it's no joke. The creature he was describing in that song was real. Steve said, we started getting all kinds of calls from people who said, that's no joke. That's a real legend around here. Several of them said that they've seen the beast with their own eyes. Jesus. Pretty crazy to have this song that you're kind of doing as a joke, but you're doing it in a place where a lot of people genuinely believe that that happened. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. You're going to stir up a reaction for sure. Yeah, I guess you're right. A lot of the stories we talk about on this show that are considered you know, myth by many people. Yeah. Um, even the most ancient ones, a lot of people still believe them to this day. So I could see this happening with a lot of different cases we've covered that you go to make a light joke about it, maybe a little rap about <laughs> vampires, and yeah. the phone lines would be lit up with people pissed off that you're making fun of vampire culture. This would kind of be the equivalent of going to a nursery filled with kids and rapping about santa claus (laughs) you know it's like i was sitting alone one christmas night when i heard a knock at the chimney he had a big old sack full of toys and he was looking to give me and it's like okay don't joke about chris kringle okay because i have it on good authority this is the kid i have it on good authority from my mom that he is real and if you don't believe in him, you're not going to get shit. Yeah, so, and I feel like being in this room where we're all having a fun and a laugh about him, that uh, I feel like I might get taken off his list. And I, so I'm going to start putting my fingers in my ears. La, 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 la. <laughs> cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. 
Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Kit, when we bottle up our emotions, it can start to affect us negatively. Sometimes it's important that we get stuff off our chest. Tell me about it. I found a UFO in the forest and now... This thing is attached to my chest. Jesus, that's an alien. Mm-hmm. All right, I was speaking metaphorically about dealing with emotions and talking about our feelings by using services like BetterHelp. I don't need to talk about my feelings. This thing can read my mind. Therapy can be a great way to set boundaries and become the best version of yourself. With BetterHelp, you can get matched with a licensed therapist that suits your needs. It's online, convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. We're saying they can get things off my chest, like uh, Zonktar here? Don't give it a name. Maybe me and Zonktar can sign up for BetterHelp together. Give it a shot, and whatever it is, get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Paranormal Life today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Paranormal Life. <laughs> One of the reasons that I like this, this, uh, this approach towards the paranormal is because, you know, even though it was intended as a bit of a joke, after they broadcast this, the track became pretty much a number one song at the station. People (laughs) were calling in to request it all the time. No! They were selling CDs and tapes of it all over America. It is no melody of any kind. No hook. People, but it doesn't need a hook. Because the truth doesn't need a hook, Kit. The truth doesn't need to rhyme. It's five and a half minutes long. But it got me thinking. You know, do I have a case that people don't take seriously from my life? Sure, the Dublin Gorilla Man. And I've been trying to tell people about it for years, but no one will take it seriously. So the only logical thing for me to do... God, no. Was to write... What have you done? A song, write a rap about it. So, uh... <clears throat> Why did you just clear your throat? Ladies and gentlemen, um... Why are you addressing the audience? I'm, I'm excited What's about today to, happen? To, uh, to debut my new single called The Dublin Gorilla Man uh, to hopefully raise some awareness about this, this terrifying beast. Oh my God. Let's do this. Oh. Let me tell you all about the time I saw a gorilla man. Oh my God. I was only a boy. But it's pretty f***ed up what happened. What is this voice? Oh. Fifteen years, I've been alive, down to Dublin, I had to drive, playing baseball with my friends, I was only a boy, just becoming a man, we were walking slow, when before our eyes, a monkey man, caught us by surprise, it was new to me, did not compute to me, I had barely hit motherfucking puberty, Dublin Gorilla Man, are you real or am I mad, Dublin Gorilla Man, where the f*** did you go, oh, That's bitch? enough, that's quite enough, oh, okay, you've said quite enough, so I think, there is four more courses and like the verses that really get into absolutely the details not. though absolutely not dublin gorilla no i don't want to hear man. another lyric <laughs> you've had your chance so, in the past to discuss this case and we have given you more than enough time and space to discuss it and get your feelings out about it i don't know why you don't just go to a therapist i really just, about this i don't know why you don't go to anyone else but me about this i feel like if you just let me finish the song, then it would kind of be like a, it's like a therapy way of like getting the story out there. No, because the people who right. hear this will need therapy. Right. It's just, <laughs> I paid, I paid a lot of money for, um, for some, what? some guest artists to appear in like the second half. So it's just a bit of a waste if I don't. Who get, did you get as a guest on this track? For the first verse, Kanye. There's no way. The second, Nelly. I blew That's most of my money on Kanye. Such an line up on this track. I wish sure. I'd started with the Nelly course well, because honestly, that would have teed up the Kanye one. For chart kinda, potential, you could have just ditched Nelly and just I stuck with Kanye. Nelly. Well, I already got Nelly involved okay. and it was kind of rude to say, Kanye agreed, Nelly, we don't need you to do the song anymore. Uh, I can't say that. He's already recorded it. He actually recorded more than I needed and sent it over. Um, Did Kanye rap about... The Dublin, Dublin Gorilla, Gorilla Man? Man? Yeah. 
Yeah, he did. He didn't have a lot of time for me to brief him on like the story and stuff. So it kind of like the second half just turns out to be a lot about like money and bitches and, and things. So uh, that was kind of hard for me to tie. I'd prefer to hear that to no, be no, honest no. than what you just did, whatever that was. <laughs> I think he says gorilla once and then it's mostly about drugs and money. But but the Nelly course, you're going to love the Nelly course. He pretty much recites the whole story start to finish. So um so if you just, I can tee it up here, no, actually. I can no, just go no, straight no, to the no, Nelly no. one. That's enough! <laughs> My you MacBook. have misused your laptop too many times. First you exposed me to the Dog Man song. Now you exposed me to the Gorilla Man song. No more laptop. Laptop All privileges right. revoked. Wow. I guess, I don't know, folks. Maybe I have like a backup tape somewhere that I could release. Um, maybe at a live show. That would be fun. Do like a live performance of the Gorilla Man song. <laughs> we usually like to tell that story at live shows anyway so maybe i'll just wrap it instead to save time five minutes 40 <laughs> of instrumental breaks versus <laughs> unreleased uh stories from that day can you imagine hearing that there's a this paranormal live show like a tour across america you me and nelly <laughs> doing a world tour <laughs> Well, I know on this podcast, what we love and what we lack the most is evidence, especially in cryptid cases. Because let's face it, the problem with these cases is a lot of the time, the evidence that we do have could have often been caused by regular animals. Mm. Even in the incredible track that we heard earlier, not mine. I know there were two incredible tracks, but the first one, sure, uh, the former, a lot of the stories that were mentioned in that song are just someone finding paw prints. Yeah, not to drag it up again, but one was a dream. <laughs> well, we're not talking about the dream. <laughs> I wish I hadn't included the dream. I could have cut that out. Which is f because like 45 minutes of my rap are dreams and nightmares. <laughs> so I really shouldn't have mentioned that. Yeah, because actually seeing the Dublin Gorilla Man was like fleeting super fast. We covered it. You let me say it all. It the over. rest of it is dreams and nightmares. <laughs> the rest of his impact in your life is just trauma, yeah. dreams, nightmares. Yeah. Lying in bed, dreams in my head. I'm a banana running in a field. Yeah, it's mostly yeah. like me being a banana. I wake up in a cold sweat, piss myself again, <laughs> thinking about the gorilla man. Wake up in a cold sweat again. Except this time it wasn't sweat, it was piss. I pissed myself again. Got to work, piss my pants. <laughs> Gorilla man's in my head. PPP, this monkey. <laughs> so, okay, so most of it is you pissing yourself and having bad dreams as an adult. Saw so a banana, pissed myself. <laughs> While searching online, I managed to find some evidence that claims to be unedited audio of an emergency call received by the OnStar Emergency Call Center in Troy, Michigan from 2006, only 15 years ago. Wow, this is as real as it gets. If a, if another beat drops in this episode, I'm going to lose it. 999, what's your emergency? Let me tell you. <laughs> if you don't tell me what your emergency is, I have to hang up. Grab my gun off my shelf in the dark. Piss myself. Okay, no, that's not an emergency, sir. It's a bathroom emergency. <laughs> All right, get ready. Get ready. I'm ready for some evidence. Best believe. Oscar Emergency, this is Kyle speaking. How can I help you? Hello? Something just ran in front of us on the road. We're in the ditch. We, we rolled over. How many people I are in the car? It. Is anyone injured? There's two of us. I, I, think, I don't think we have any injuries. Is the car on its top or wheels or what? No, it's kind of sitting on its side. Hold one moment, please, while I contact emergency services. Okay. Okay, the state police should be on their way in a few minutes. Is everyone still okay? Yeah, I think we're okay. What ran in front of you? A deer? I, I don't know what the hell it was, but it was big. It looked like a great big dog. Standing up. Was it a bear, maybe? Maybe, I don't know. Sir? Hello? What? Are you still just there? happened, sir. 
Okay, then I think it does go into a wrap, to be fair, in the second <laughs> half of that video. F*** off. That's gotta be the most action-packed piece of evidence I think we've ever uh, <laughs> revealed on the podcast. I think the dogman went back and made him redact his statement to the police. He was like, do you just out me? You narc. You ratted on me. You just lost your throat privileges, <laughs> asshole. Heart revoked. Um, now I will say, uh, me claiming that this is unedited, unedited audio of an emergency call. Well, I mean, it started segueing into a rap track, so it's somewhat Well, yeah, edited. and I think the rap is... Let me skip forward a little bit. Just don't go out <laughs> What the f*** is this? Is a different rap. <laughs> that was a different he, rap. He made a sequel. <laughs> the best advice you may ever get. This is an acoustic version of the legend. Just don't go out it's the same so it's the same rap but a different uh beat but there's also two minutes left what else is in this video no no we can't no we can't listen to this okay then there's three minutes of silence afterwards <laughs> he's trying to get played on the country music <laughs> radio stations as well then there's that edm version <laughs> dog man <laughs> raise those paws up <laughs> Wow, I really didn't realize that music and rapping was going to be such a huge part of this investigation. <laughs> but here we are. It's uh, it's the YouTube video uploaded from a stranger that claims that this is actual an actual recording from the emergency services. Okay. So we have to take that with a pinch of salt. It seems a little action-packed, a little too action-packed to be genuine. I mean, the evidence. guy who had supposedly just rolled his car started laughing as he described the dogman. Well, as you would, because you'd be like, oh, you're not going to believe this, buddy. Guess what I saw? He almost died. I wouldn't think he'd be laughing. Uh, look, that pretty much concludes the evidence portion of uh, today's case. But as we know, we wouldn't be... Sorry. <laughs> Is it something funny? Your evidence portion was a prank call? It was a prank call, a rap, and some borderline furry hentai that i showed you as evidence at the start of the podcast i mean if this is how they rock it down in michigan i gotta spend some time there because I, I like the approach i really gotta clap that one out if you like that you're gonna really love my next case which is a horny octopus there's some really really good evidence for that one because um, a guy made a mixtape about that shit it's a 14 track 12 rap rapper feature album I was I was floating in the ocean, <laughs> and my butthole was exposed. Okay, you said quite enough, sir. I don't think we need to hear any more of that rap. <laughs> <laughs> no hint I could have predicted <laughs> the danger that was posed. <laughs> Jesus Christ! The one case that Amy didn't research. <laughs> This is what it descends to. I think she's quit. She doesn't want to be affiliated with this. Look, we know we're not doing a proper job if we don't look at, even consider, or entertain the logical explanations behind this story. Sure. To start off, the local DJ who wrote the song, The Legend, claims that he believes that the legend of the dogman and his frightening, iconic appearance could have stemmed from Native American lore. He says that there was this warlike tribe that allegedly had the ability to transform themselves into any creature they chose when going into battle. Cook said what the tribe probably did is cover themselves with wolf pelts while preparing to fight. Mm. Could those legends have been embedded in the folklore and the history and the upbringing of people in Michigan to the point where maybe it's not so crazy to see some sort of dog-like human wandering in the forests. Fascinating. This does definitely cry back to um, our investigation into skinwalkers and things like that. These Native mm -hmm. American medicine men gone mad, possessed by demons, corrupted. Uh, and they would wear like wolf pelts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was a pro popular bit of attire. So I could kind of see that if maybe that kind of imagery is embedded in the history of your town. Totally then yeah, maybe it's not so strange. I mean, you know, we really should think about these things more just because the United States of America has this, you know, couple hundred year old history 
we think that everything's been whitewashed and started from scratch. But goddamn, it makes a lot more sense if uh, all these modern myths are obviously just Im- Come from Im- embedded in the local folklore. Exactly. Others believe that the Dogman is simply a wolf or some sort of wolf hybrid that because of some incident in its life, it's missing a forelimb, meaning it had to <laughs> learn how to move upright to survive. That's very logical. It's running around on two legs is what they're saying because yeah. it doesn't have front paws. I mean, is that a weird, is that that weird? I feel like I've seen Dodo videos where a cat has lost its paws and now it walks about like a human. It does you know? happen. It does happen very occasionally with dogs yeah, and cats. Yeah. So maybe that's not as weird as you think <laughs> that this thing has kind of learned to what well, i don't think it's just learned to stand up and, and well, look I, at men yeah i don't know if it's gotten <laughs> uh if it explains the story of the man sh- shooting a warning shot and th- this wolf stands up on its hind legs scared of nothing smiled at him smiling with glistening blue eyes yeah doesn't quite explain the like screaming like a baby either some of the stories that are included in that original song Um, I don't know how it can enter people's dreams, for example. That's pretty paranormal. (laughs) But as I said, you know, if we want to do the responsible thing, we have to at least entertain some of these logical explanations. And what if, Rory, something we don't talk about often enough, what if all of the above is true? What if one person has heard the folklore and they've got it into their head that way? What if one person sees a wolf missing a front paw for some reason running through the woods uh, and then those two people get together and talk about their experiences and decide that it must be the same thing and it concocts the image of the Michigan Dogman when in reality, it's two very separate experiences. Yeah, I mean, as we said, this story began in the late 1800s where, you know, wild dogs were a thing. Attacking livestock, uh, stalking humans, leaving paw prints and scratches on stuff. If you already have some folklore involving some sort of wolfman, Uh, possibly a wolf that's been injured and can move about on its back legs and all these attacks and weird markings. Yeah, all of those things combined together is really what the the Michigan Dogman is. And I think that tees us up for a a very smart, well-thought-out conclusion. Kit, yay or nay, paranormal or not, what do you think about the Michigan Dogman? As excited as I am to receive evidence in the form of rap... Uh, it says a lot about the status of the evidence in this case that there isn't enough concrete stuff to say that this thing exists today and is running around harassing the locals of Michigan. So I guess for me, it has to be a no. Yeah, as you said, quite an exciting case. But let's face it, if uh, the backbone of your evidence is a rap and dreams then the creature involved probably doesn't exist, if that's what you're having to I mean, resort to. It, yeah, it's an excellent uh, example of uh, a beautiful, alive and living um, folklore and myth, but not exactly great evidence of a physical beast. Yeah, and I think that's where we're landing here with the double no, folks. But uh, thank you so much to everyone for emailing in that suggestion. I can't believe it took us so long to get to that one. I mean, if I'd heard the rap on day one. Y'all should have said, have you got raps <laughs> supporting your cases you want us to cover? 100%. Or if you want to record your own freestyle rap. And send them in. That would be great. We would love to play them on the show and laugh about them. I actually am always looking for more artists to collaborate with in um, future verses of the, the Dublin Gorilla Man uh, rap. Please don't. I feel like Please don't encourage him really when you come when it boils down to it it's it's an album it's a full album and it's the first track would be getting to dublin rory's family have contacted me and (laughs) insisted that i get make him move past this it's a psychological like uh, roadblock he hasn't been able to move past it we really think that if people stop encouraging him uh in the believing in the dublin girl man that he'll be able to move on the rest of his life they will be able to stop wedding is bad and hope uh, fingers crossed not there yet not there yet, but we're getting there. I mean, the sad there. thing is, off camera, I could say this, but he's recorded nigh on 1,100 raps about the Dublin Gorilla Man. I've spent a lot of money. I've spent a lot of money on studio time and guest artists and uh, PR, and it's really not picking up. Really, people are not. I don't know what it is. Is there not enough Nelly in it? Because I'm paying the dude two Gs a day 
just to lay it on some he's in 90 percent of the songs you're putting nelly's kids <laughs> through college <laughs> for him to write lazy verses about the dublin gorilla man <laughs> yeah i was done with the the song and the event years ago but nelly is like i really think we need to drop another <laughs> we need to drop another single about it he's president of the dublin gorilla awareness <laughs> association i'm starting to think the original gorilla man was nelly in a monkey outfit <laughs> It was a 25-year grift. <laughs> it was weird that he approached me about an album right after I saw The Gorilla Man. So that's kind of strange. Uh, if you did enjoy The Gorilla Man rap, for the love of God, uh, please do not search for it on the internet. Instead, for, search for the real band that Kid and I have, uh, Team RKT, where we make real music that um, hopefully you will really enjoy. Uh, we've released a couple new singles recently that we've played on the show. And uh, there's some really cool ones as well coming out super soon. So yeah, ch check it out on social media and Instagram or whatever. Give it a listen on Spotify, Team RKT. As you know, folks, the best way to support the show is patreon.com, where you can get a bunch of cool shit, like bonus episodes and merchandise. Uh, we also have the This Paranormal Life store, which is pretty great. You can get some amazing t-shirts there, all of which can be accessed uh, as I found out recently, without the use of a wizard sacrifice, you can just, you know, you we're can not just even go getting into that. That's straight in. A pending I'm court not supposed case. to be talking about that, really. Um, so definitely check it out. But if you want to keep up to date with this paranormal life, the latest paranormal memes, all of the behind the scenes action, the best place to do that is on social media, on Instagram, on Twitter, on Facebook, and our secret society. Uh, all of the links will be in the description of the podcast. So check them out. So thank you so much uh, to everyone for listening to this week's episode of the podcast. I hope you had a great time. I hope you enjoyed everything from the evidence to the pictures to the rap. Uh, Get your drum machines uh, warmed up. We want to hear fire raps, fire beats. I want to hear fire in the booth about your cryptid of choice. That would be hilarious. That would be great. Who knows? It might even get played on a, an episode of the podcast. <laughs> Maybe a bonus episode. We can just critique everyone's paranormal raps. That would be amazing. Um, to play us out this week is my main man, Nelly, dropping some hot beats. So thank Jesus you, everyone, Christ. for listening to this week's episode of This Paranormal Life. Oh, yo, let me tell you about the Dublin Gorilla Man. Uh, 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 yeah. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.